0: Thank you for listening to the Your Mindful Coach podcast, part of the Center for Self-Care Network. This is Mark Balser. This episode is part of a suite of four podcasts that include a full talk, a partial talk without meditations, as well as two meditations from a Mindful Habit Change course in fall 2018. If you'd like to learn more about the Mindful Habit Change course, visit Your Mindful Coach blog. Dot WordPress.com dot or visit our website www.center the number four self care.com. Thank you. Hi how are you? you Yeah we're in there. I didn't turn on the lights yet. Uh oh, can't get to the water fountain. Do you have any big plans for the uh, holidays? Um, I think have to travel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I already have you on there, yes. but I figured I'd get your name so that I yes. keep track of myself. Hi, how are you? Manhattan or Yeah, we're gonna stay at Staten Island, take the ferry over, and then come back and stay so park at Staten Island and take the ferry over and come back then the night at Airbnb in Staten Island. Great. It's funny, my uh my <laughs> stepmother, I'm gonna call her my stepmother. There's just a lot of complicated relationships yeah, in our family. Yeah. But um uh th- they just stayed in an Airbnb on Staten Island, so I don't know <laughs> if it's a thing. There were only a handful that had still availability in one night or whatever, but it it's lovely, and it's like artwork, and it looks like a lovely home, a really lovely home. It looks like a little museum inside. I'm like, oh, okay. Awesome. Four of us had to stay in one room, three beds, but that's okay. That's a rock, paper, scissors. Uh, one of those days, I can't remember if we've met previously. No, we haven't. Oh, okay. I'm Mark Balser. Hi. What's Dottie. your Dottie. Good to meet you. How did you find out about the uh, offering? The list that comes out of what's going on in the library. At the library? Wonderful. Great. Hi, Good. Dottie. I'm Sandy. Hi. I think our number's been dwindling because of, you know, the holidays and it's crazy time. So, stuff. You know, so. Yeah. So, what uh, made you uh, decide to join us? Well. Whiskey, pop, have yes. <laughs> have you um, have you ever done any mindfulness or meditation uh, in the past? A little bit. Okay. Um, everything we do today will be pretty pretty straightforward <laughs> um, and very guided as we go through it. So, uh, but that's we've kind of tried to apply some practices of meditation. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks. I apologize. Have you been to um, Have you been to one of the previous classes? No. Okay, great. My name's Mark. This is mindful. Yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to be in habits. Is that yes, different? same thing. Things yes, things you're have. in the right place. Oh, okay. But it's mindful habit change, so we're we're bringing our awareness and <laughs> curiosity. I didn't know it was a series. Yes, but uh, they're they're kind of intended to work as standalone. Um, so, um, some of the pe- well, I guess I, I know. Um, uh, I think uh, eleven people were signed up tonight, and half of the I didn't recognize their names. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, hi, how are you? Good. I got your email yesterday. That's why. Oh wow! Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Hello again. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I know my partner, Rita, she was texting me, like, 45 minutes, ago. she said, is it at 7 or 7.30? I'm like, 7? She goes, okay, I better <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, our last class was uh, the Tuesday. So we did it once a month or so. Um, and it was the Tuesday of Thanksgiving weekend. So it was kind of the holiday already. Um, and what was really fun was we had four people here at the start, and they all seemed anxious, including <laughs> you, because we, we kind of partnered up, and their partners weren't there. But it was kind of neat that over the course of the next 10 minutes, everybody's partner showed up, they settled. And, <laughs> and we had no one new, I think it was just the yeah. Hello. how are you? Too? How are you? I'm good. For me. good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're <laughs> uh, Thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Hi, how are you, Beth? Hi. Do, you want people, do you want me to pass that out? So oh, that would be wonderful. Um, if you've been to one of the habit change classes before, just give me your name. If not, uh, be wonderful if you give me your name. If you'd like to get um, like a follow-up email with resources from me, um, write your name here. And if you want to get on an email list, check a box. So if you give me your email address, I'm going to send you one ma- email. If you check a box, I'll keep sending them. <laughs> now, I was at one of your classes. You did like a four-week one. Would you want me to sign up again here? Uh, yeah, just so I know that you're here today. Right. That'd be wonderful. You. But you said you got a, you got the the uh, yeah, yeah. Constant Contact. I almost didn't send that, so I'm glad. <laughs> oh, yes, I need the... <laughs> 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 that. I was here when I got here. <laughs> it's such a different... there we here. <laughs> well, and it's so much darker now, too, right? Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh, you I read read? You just, just put your name. Lisa has... So I think it's uh, valuable to offer a transition uh, as we arrive, because um, our bodies are here, but our minds are liable to be somewhere else, perhaps earlier in the day, somewhere in the past, or um, out in the future. Um, We were talking about kind of plans for the holidays and so on, and so it's very natural for our mind to uh, go in different directions. And by giving ourselves some pause for transition, we can bring our mind and our heart uh, back along so that it's with our body. So I'll just ring the bell to uh, welcome that transition. We have a nice mix of uh, participants here today. I was expecting to have um, some more returning folks. We have four people that have been to the previous classes, but the other seven of you um, either haven't been here for the last two or are new. So I'm hoping we can um, review some of the things that we've already discussed in this Mindful Habit Change class, but also um, go beyond. Um, One of the ideas behind this Uh, class is that um, when we when we slow down and we bring our awareness to what's happening into in our experience We introduce choice. So it's a habit class, but it's also a choice class Um, because particularly our bad habits um, are very often driven by um, a, a cue some kind of uh, stimulus that makes us want to do something if it's a bad habit or maybe if it's a good habit. Um, and some kind of craving, some kind of feeling like an impulse, and it's very natural. Um, it's very normal for our body to send us signals. Uh, we used to be cave men and cave women, and we needed to be monitoring and observing our whole experience. Uh, but when we introduce a little pause it allows us to bring our thinking brain that part of us that is rational and moral and brings along the intuition of you know listening to the sensations that we are feeling in our body or the emotions that we feel in our heart and our mind Uh, so we'll do a little practice with that today Uh, the topic of this particular session is um, sustaining practice Um, how can we build habits that are sustainable over time. The first couple classes uh, included uh, identifying habit patterns, uh, accountability and reminders. In building habits, systems are really more important than goals. I set a goal that I wanna run a marathon. And if I have an injury and I can't run for a little bit, I'm not gonna be able to run a marathon. But if I build a system instead of I'm going to try to run every day and I get injured, when I come back, maybe I'm training for 5k anymore, 5K now instead of the marathon. But with systems, I have lots of different pathways to achieve some measure of, uh, of outcome that I'm looking for. So the third class was about patience and self-compassion because on that path of habit change, we're going to trip up. In fact, One of the inspirations for this class is a guy named James Clear. He wrote this book, Atomic Habits. And I've got a little notepad under the chair for you, but I'll be sure in a follow-up email to share some of the resources that we've talked about today. So the topic for today a lot is about identity and creating an identity as the person that we want to become. Oftentimes we start with that outcome that we want, and then we build outward toward that identity. So if I do these things, then I'll be this person. Some of you probably don't know that I also am a, a school teacher. I teach seventh through 11th grade health and wellness. And one of the little kind of classroom management tools is as your students arrive, welcome them as scientists. Hello scientists, come on in, come on in learners. So recognizing that identity and then build out from there. So I'm a meditation teacher as well. So we'll bring some meditation into that uh, because it offers time for reflection. So um, please think of me as a learner, not a teacher. And the, the reason I am here is because I was struggling with some bad habits. And so what I tend to do is um, when something's bothering me, I either call up the library or I call up my friends at Balance for Life Yoga Group and uh, agree to teach a class on it, and so that it, that becomes my practice. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I've been sharing the two habits I, I tried to work on for this class, where um, I uh, wanted to exercise regularly, um, which has gone pretty nicely, and use all kinds of all kinds of tips and tricks. Um, to make that happen. Uh, I put my shoes on my car seat every morning so that I remind myself you're gonna exercise today. Um, I have all kinds of accountability partners in school that give me a hard time if they see me casually sitting around when they normally see me exercising. And so it's been a nice little path. My other habit is to reduce my consumption of news and that hasn't gone as well. Um, So one of the things I did was I broke it up into smaller pieces. Instead of trying to reduce news completely, I've reduced news on this electronic device in my pocket here, my phone, while still allowing myself, hey, if I can walk to a computer and log on to the computer, that effort, I get to do that. Every class and workshop and retreat, I like to start with a practice called loving kindness, which you may or may not have, have heard of. Um, but it's a traditional meditation practice, and then we'll do it for eight or nine minutes. I hadn't found a way to bring it into our practice, uh, into this class quite yet, but reflecting on the self-compassion work that we did t- last time, where we identified self-compassion as, as a tool for motivation, for inspiration. Because you know, our self-esteem, when things aren't going the way we wanted them to go, our self-esteem can really do- drop and it stops being a motivator for us. And that's where self-compassion comes in, that that can kind of buffet us in our, in our rough times. Self-compassion has, has kind of three elements. We, we gotta know that we need self-compassion, maybe that our self-critic's really loud today. We've got to understand that we're not the only person that this has ever happened to. I had a bad telephone call yesterday. I said some things I regret. But that happens all the time to every person. It's not just me. And sensing that common humanity can also develop, help us develop empathy as well, recognizing that other people are having that same tough time we might be. The final piece was a self-kindness or self-soothing. And so that's to me what loving kindness is, giving care for ourselves regardless of what's going on in our lives or the outcomes of our behaviors and actions. So we'll do a little practice for this practice. I'm a mindfulness meditation practitioner, which means we're not sitting bolt upright. We're not lying down on the floor. We're we're, we're in a comfortable posture, a balanced posture that supports some flexibility, supports a bit of stability as well, balancing a little focus and a little relaxation. And in a love and kindness practice, we combine a few things. Uh, We combine an image in our mind. So I'm going to invite you to bring some images of your mind to people you know and love or maybe don't know as well. And we combine that with a wish. Traditional practices uh, call for phrases like, May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you be at peace. Uh, But one uh, series of phrases that I've come to really uh, appreciate are, um, May I be seen. Uh, may I be comforted, may I be loved. And so we'll explore those practices. And these are just silently repeated intentions, wishes for both ourselves and others. I'm gonna start by inviting you to bring to mind a a loved one, someone for whom your love comes rather easily. And then maybe we'll move to a a mentor or a role model, some kind of benefactor in your life. Uh, We'll probably find our way to a stranger Or uh, somebody um, we see at the grocery store, check us out every couple of days, but don't even know their name. Um, And then we'll find our way to ourselves. So in a sense, we're softening our heart and then bringing that uh, loving kindness, that care, uh, that wish to ourselves as well. So I'm going to guide you through the whole thing, but I wanted to give you a sneak preview of what this might be like. So as you're ready, you might close your eyes. If you prefer casting your gaze downward and taking a few long, deep breaths, gathering energy with the breath and releasing it as you exhale. Bringing some intention to the breath as you breathe in and out in and out just settle into this space into this time recognizing that thoughts will arise and feelings sensations in the body will come and they'll go Not needing to change anything or making it a certain way. Simply allowing for your experience to be as it is right now. And should you find yourself distracted, lost in thought, simply return to the phrases that I'll share with you that you might repeat silently. And to begin, I invite you to bring to mind someone for whom your love comes quite easily. This could be a family member or friend, or perhaps even a pet. Our pets usually don't give us quite the trouble that humans do. And so you can bring a picture of them to your mind, Imagine this being doing what they love. Notice what arises inside of you when you imagine this being. Sensing your wish for them your wish for them to be seen and comforted and loved. So you might imagine yourself speaking these wishes to them, silently repeating the following phrases. May you be seen. May you be comforted. May you be loved. May you be seen, may you be comforted, may you be loved. Gently repeating these phrases, sensing this being receiving your wishes. might envision a smile on their face, a softening of their body, may you be seen, may you be comforted, may you be loved. Now allowing the image of this being to fade from your awareness and bringing to mind a new being. A person who's been a role model or mentor for you. Can be living, can be passed away. Perhaps even someone who doesn't know your name. Great thinker. Let an image of this role model, this benefactor, form in your mind and offering them these phrases as well. May you be seen, may you be comforted, may you be loved. Notice what arises in you as you offer these wishes, emotions, thoughts, and sensations. Allowing for whatever arises, be it pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, as you offer this being your wish to be seen and comforted and loved. Once again, allowing any images to fade from your mind. And now bringing an image of a neutral person, a stranger or someone you don't know so well, but who you occasionally cross paths with. Let an image of this person form in your mind. And now offering your wishes to this being as well. May you be seen. May you be comforted. May you be loved. All beings wish to be seen and comforted and loved. May you be seen and comforted and loved. Now allowing this image to fade, and imagine yourself as you sit in this chair in this room. Visualize yourself sitting here and recognizing that just as all beings want to be seen and comforted and loved, so do I wish to be seen and comforted and loved. So you might offer this wish to yourself. May I be seen. May I be comforted. May I be loved. Allow these phrases to flow over you and into you. May I be seen. May I be comforted. May I be loved. And if you find this challenging, or even if it simply feels right, you might allow these three beings that you've had in your mind to join you. Making the wish, may we be seen. May we be comforted. May we be loved. And as you're ready, you might release this practice, letting any images fade from your mind, taking a minute to rest in presence, nothing to do, nowhere to be, perhaps reflecting on anything that might have shifted or changed in your experience, and then listening for the sound of the bell to open your eyes. So I. I wasn't gonna draw the well-worn path today, but there's enough new people here that I'm afraid I'm gonna have to draw the well-worn path, which is kind of the metaphor for what what brings us all here. Um, There's a neuroscientist that was speaking at a meditation retreat, and he was talking about how everything he learned from habits, he learned from his family farm. So, grew up on a farm, and so of course a farm has a barn, and it has a beautiful pasture. This is supposed to be grass, and it's got some cows. You've seen my first cow drawing, so I'm not gonna draw anymore. So as he was growing up, every morning, cows got up, they left the barn, and they headed for the pasture. However, there were a bunch of trees here, so the cows couldn't really take the direct route, and then there was a creek, so they'd have to turn back this way, and a whole bunch of bushes, now they're sending back this way, and rocks. If anybody would like to draw mm-hmm. during my next class, you're welcome. So I had to, kind of a winding roundabout right, route. You can imagine that. You've seen these kind of cow paths before. But then he grew up, became a neuroscientist, obviously moved away from the farm. 25 years later, he came back to the farm, wasn't even in the family anymore, and he arrived to happily see that the the barn was still there, and the cows were still there, and the pasture was still there, but the rocks had been moved, the bushes had died, the trees had been cut down, and the creek had dried up. But the cows still got to the pasture, following that same route that they used to follow. So you can imagine that this metaphor here is that that's us. That's our habit. Most of our habits, the bad ones, were adaptive habits at some point in our lives. Um, maybe in our childhood. A child is, is better uh, seen than heard. So I, I've learned this method to be quiet. And then I'm sitting in a meeting at work and I know the answer to this big question and I don't say anything. So this is how our brain works. We build neural connections that drive our behaviors. And just like uh, practicing guitar, we get good at guitar or or exercising, um, we build these pathways of, of staying quiet or always arguing or fighting, very kind of primitive, fight-or-flight type responses. But the good news is we've got this idea of neuroplasticity that uh, all the scientists like to talk about, which is how we literally train our brain for new behaviors. So one of the reasons I love doing the mindfulness and meditation is because they've proven, proven with functional MRI machines that you can literally grow areas of your brain, gray matter of your brain. There's even some suggestion that our amygdala, our fear sensor, can shrink with repeated practice. Now, we also have a lot of repeated practice of like looking at this and gossiping and all those kinds of things. So we have environmental and cultural things that work against against us. But there are ways to carve out new pathways for ourselves. So I wanted to share that as a little context of what we've been doing. Let me share a poem. This is from the Tao of Wealth, um, and it's Grant Yourself a Moment of Peace. Grant yourself a moment of peace, and you will understand how foolishly you have scurried about. Learn to be silent, and you will notice that you have talked too much. Be kind, and you will realize that your judgment of others was too severe. James Clear, one of my role models, one of my benefactors, has this model that's not too different from the other habit models. He's added a step here. um, That our steps kind of have a problem phase, our habits have a problem phase and a solutions phase. There's a a cue, something that uh, makes us think about what we want to do. My phone buzzes. It's in my pocket. Someone's trying to talk to me. A craving. Like, I really want to know what's going on. I want to find out what's happening here. A routine. Jump on my phone. And of course, I read that one message and then I see there's some other messages. And then an hour and a half later, I'm still playing around with my phone. And that reward that in the short term is is you got rid of the fear of missing out. But in the long term, you ended up using uptime. And so Clear talks a lot about how we can restructure our routines to make the cues that we don't want to be triggered by invisible. I put my phone on silent if I can, or I put it in a different room when I'm doing work. Um, or obvious if it's something that we want to do. So. My wife loves putting fruit all, you know, we've got apples and oranges all around the refrigerator. So to get to junk food of any type, you have to go through an apple or an orange, and just that kind of little reminder. Making our, our, our cravings less attractive. So if we, if we track what we're doing every time this happens, I do this behavior, eventually we say, I'm kind of feeling foolish about this. And then making our routines really easy. Maybe the morning before, putting out the clothes we want to wear and the food we want to eat and the, maybe doing a to-do list so that we have something to guide us. So we spent a lot of time with this, but I wanted to share it with you for the newcomers. So my, I wanted to share my introduction to meditation to you. And it came to me in the context of a loss. About seven years ago, my dad passed away. And my life, much of it, had been characterized by um, being able to get what I want uh, uh, through force of will. So not everything came easily, but if I kept charging through, if I kept working hard, did more work, built more networks, generally things would turn out the way that I wanted them to, certainly at the expense of irritating people that I was browbeating or... Um, not getting enough sleep, those kinds of things. Um, And when my dad passed away, there was really nothing uh, that I could do to bring him back. No force of will, no amount of effort could do that. So I uh, went to a therapist that was recommended to me. And for about five sessions, I did nothing but basically uh, try to talk her into helping me figure out how to get my dad back, you know, in that head. Fifth session in, sixth session in. She says, "Stop! I'm in the middle of my narrative here. Stop, stop. Come on over here." So she moved me over to a chair. She said, "Close your eyes." I said, "Close my eyes." And she guided me through a simple breath practice. And during that breath practice, I sat there and I said, "Oh, this is what I do now. This is this is who I am. I'm a meditator. I." Certainly not a good meditator, even now, but that became part of my identity. This is something that I need for myself. And I don't know what the outcome of it or the goal is, but um, fortunately for me, I knew in that moment, like here's something that is really important to my self-care. So it became part of my identity. Instead of trying to get a certain outcome of like bringing my dad back or getting a great job, I'm thinking about what serves me, what nourishes me. Identity, the word identity, I'm told, comes from Latin, identidem, which means repeated beingness, which I think is fabulous, repeated beingness. So that identity is about something that's kind of consistent in, the, in us, that keeps on repeating, um, but it's inside of us enough that it's not about doing, it's about uh, who we are, what our essence is. Our identity shapes our habits, our habits shape our identity. So if we decide who we wanna be, and then go through a process of finding small ways to validate that, that's that's who we become. I had a person tell me a couple of weeks ago, our budget and our calendar reflect our values. Our budget and our calendar reflect our values. And I was like, no way, that's that's not who I am. And then I sat down I was like, oh. You know, where I invest my time, where I invest my resources, um, that ends up being, being who I am. If we come from this identity-based framework, we get to access our intrinsic motivation. We get to access our strengths, our skills, what's inside of us, instead of looking outside for what I should be doing, we're sensing what we need inside of us. So I wanna try a little exercise, because we're gonna close our eyes for a meditative practice, and I'm gonna ask you a question. And your task is to allow responses to arise to that question. As we begin the practice of meditation, you might let your body settle, sinking deeper into the chair or cushion, sensing your body in space, the stillness of the legs, and shoulders, and hands the movement of the belly and chest, letting the body settle, letting the mind settle. In this practice, we'll offer three questions. And with each question, you might silently repeat them. And without searching for an answer or a response, without telling a story, simply become aware of what arises in the mind. Simply allowing responses to arise No need to search for an answer or tell a story. Simply ask each question, see what comes up for you. The first question, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? As the mind works, thoughts and emotions arise, you might notice them and then ask yourself again, Who am I? Who am I? Returning again and again to this question. And noticing what comes up. Question number two. What do I want? What do I want? Allowing this question to dwell in the space of your awareness. What do I want? You might imagine this question flowing into your mind, flowing through you and into you. What do I want? And as your attention wavers, simply repeating this question, what do I want? A third question, how can I serve? How can I serve? You might notice any judgment or perhaps curiosity as responses arise. and See if you can let that go and notice what comes next. How can I serve? How can I serve? And now releasing these questions, allowing the response to settle in the background as you bring some control to the breath, breathing more deeply now. Filling the lungs with air and releasing. Perhaps reflecting on any advice you might have for yourself, given the responses to these questions. As you open your eyes and return to your day, you might write some thoughts down and bring these questions alive in your life. I do this practice that we just did, I do that silently by myself sometimes as well. And ideas pop in, particularly if you give space and let it rest, because we've got this narrative, we've got our typical story, and then all of a sudden something will knock me over and be like, I never thought of that. And it just arose because of the pause, because of the stillness or silence that I allowed for that. So we're close to being done. A couple things I did want to share with you. And as you leave, I'm going to force into your hands, unless you won't let me, uh, a flyer for a couple things coming up. My business is called Center for Self-Care. I deal with a gentleman named Josh Gansky. And um, one of the things I'm really excited about is in April, we're doing a day-long retreat at Bryn Mawr College. You can do it as a half-day retreat or a full-day retreat. But we also have a couple of programs coming up in uh, January and February. I do a men's group that meets the second Wednesday of every month. Josh has a stress management class, both a one-time class and then an ongoing class starting in mid-January. That's at the Upper Merion Library and Community Center, respectively. So if you go to Center for Self-Care, you'll see all of these offerings and programs, including that Sunday night online meditation. community is so valuable for this practice. Mainline Unitarian Church has a non-sectarian group that meets on Sunday mornings at 8.30. Fabulous. Um, Jan actually led it last week, so um, we've got a celebrity in our midst. Finding ways to practice. Uh, Reach out to me. Email me. You can find me here on, on that list as well. So... One thing I wanted to share in closing, that to me is connected to this identity and how starting with our identity can actually be really flexible. Because our identities end up being flexible as well. Our first instruction in meditation practice today was find a posture that supports both flexibility and stability. So we have a little bit of a base that allows us to have a strength to face whatever comes our way. So this is from the Tao Te Ching, and it's certainly translated, Stephen Mitchell is one of the translators, and it goes, humans are born soft and supple, dead they are stiff and hard, plants are born tender and pliant, dead they are brittle and dry, thus whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. The hard and stiff will be broken. The soft and supple will prevail. So I invite you and encourage you to to be gentle with yourself, to practice these new habits, practice breaking these habits, recognizing that some days they'll work and some days, some days they won't.